Happy Wednesday, Boss Rebellers. This is Patty Dominguez with Tim Wambach, and you are listening to episode 88 of the Boss Re Society podcast. On today's episode, we are interviewing Jonathan Rivera, fellow podcaster, as well as a former blue collar worker that is now truly living the four hour work week. Now, there's a ton to learn from somebody who has made it. And by made it, I mean gone through the pains, the tribulations and trials of what it has been like to go from having a boss, realizing you don't want a boss, to truly living a boss-free lifestyle. And that is really what he's passionate about, among other things. So make sure to take a listen to this episode again and again. You're going to learn so much because I love the, the way in which he talked about just concepts, ideas, challenging our thinking, and really just his candor in general. So much appreciated to Jonathan for dropping the goods with us. Now, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already done so, because we want to offer value in each and every single episode that we have. That is truly our goal. So that is also what makes you a Boss Reballer. Connect with us on BossResociety.com if you haven't already done so, because there's tons of goodies over there. And we look forward to hearing what you think about this show. Here we go. Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Patty, we're back in the studio with another great, great guest I'm excited to bring to our listeners. Today we have Jonathan Rivera. Uh, fresh out of high school, he got a job as an electrician's apprentice working at the GM Test Track in Disney's Epcot Center. After nine years, he left his blue-collar job to pursue his dream of making it big in the real estate game. He became an investor and landlord, and then he started flipping properties for big, fat paychecks. Uh, on July 4th, 2013, he launched the Making Agents Rich Show podcast uh, with his friend Darren Persinger. Within a month, it was a top 10 rated show on iTunes, and within a year, it was a pro profitable business earning him a living. Jonathan is now the executive producer of the Podcast Factory, a successful network of podcasts where he helps aspiring podcasters Launch their show, get traffic, opt-ins, and sales. The Boss Free Society Podcast welcomes Jonathan Rivera. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that warm intro, and uh, I'm, I hope to live up to it. Yes. Well, here's the whole thing. I think the compelling idea here, guys, for our Boss Reballers that are listening to, we connected with Jonathan via, I believe, his assistant, <clears throat> and she said something like, here's Jonathan. He loves podcasts, and also he truly lives the four-hour work week. So that literally resonates with us at such a high level because you fired your boss once upon a time and have created this amazing life. So how do you fit it all into a half an hour? We want to know. <laughs> so, so the bold promise here to our boss reballers is you're going to learn from somebody who has feet on the street, who gets it, who made it happen. So this is our time to really listen in because you're definitely going to learn 
quite a bit from Jonathan. So Jonathan, tell us about where you started as an electrician. Uh, well, it was, uh, I grew up kind of lower middle class. My parents always told me that I needed to get a trade. Those were their exact words. Get, get a trade, something that you can fall back on. And uh, so I listened to him like a good little boy. And out of high school, like uh, Tim said, I became an electrician. That was my trade. About nine years into it, I reached the pinnacle of that trade, which was I got my own van. And I was running crews. And I realized that there was nothing else for me. And so I jumped into real estate, made a bunch of money, lost a bunch of money, learned some valuable lessons. And... Uh, yeah, sure. Now it's easy for me to boast about a four-hour work week. The only thing that we're forgetting is the ten years it took me to get there. Okay, boom. That's exactly that's it. Exactly. So that center, <laughs> yeah. So that center cut of ten years. Then, um, oh, by the way, we um, read somewhere that what helped you get through those nine years as an electrician was Howard Stern, which we'll definitely get back to that because I'm in. I love Howard Stern. I mean, this is going back to college days, but he's such. He's probably the best interviewer out there. Just a little sidebar and shout out to Howard Stern because he he helped me get through the long days in corporate as well. (laughs) All right. (laughs) This whole thing. Nine years, you're an electrician. I guess at what point, what was that moment that you decided to become boss free? Well, I had a lot of boss holes in my life. So, I mean, (laughs) I was working up to that, of course. But I think that uh, I had some some big things happen in my life. My mom passed away. My parents didn't have much with all the years that they had worked. They really hadn't, hadn't accumulated a whole much a whole bunch of stuff or anything really, no retirement or anything. And I was just afraid that was going to happen to me. And I think the fear of continuing to work at a job which I hated for the rest of my life, and at the end of that, having nothing to show for it really just motivated me to get the hell out of there and do my own thing. And so that's when I got my real estate license. I was going to be an investor, but I figured I'd get my license so that I could at least help with buying and selling till I could figure out the investment game. And um, kind of went from there and just kind of, I, I failed, you know, in that business, but then I came back. But that's that's just a normal part of life. Success, failure, it's all part of the ride, you know? Right. So, so how long would you say that you were in, involved uh, from the selling aspect before you got into the investing aspect of real estate? Good question. So it was about a month and I sold my first house uh, to a couple who walked in. I was on floor duty. I helped them find a house and I was amazed. And I had a really crappy split at that agency, but I was amazed that the, the like I made 2000 bucks or something like that. And I'm just like, wow, this is much better than my job. And then probably another two, three months later, I bought my first house. I partnered up with my dad, and we started buying rentals. We were doing the slow road to getting rich. And then you know, the market was changing. We saw people making bigger money flipping properties. So we went from doing rentals to flipping out of them and trying to do flips because the paychecks were huge. I mean, it was nothing for me to get a $50,000 check at the end of a deal, which I hadn't even seen in like the last two years of being an electrician. It's amazing. So is this a situation where it sounds like you got really into the game, but did you have like a mentor or, or anything like that? Or, or were these all because of courses or the people that you connected with? Or trial and error. A little bit of all of that, but I've I've always been blessed to have mentors in all my life. Um, I asked my buddy Darren, who's my partner on the Making Agents Rich show one day, I'm like, I don't know why, I always have mentors, and he's like, you asked for it. 
And so I'm always the kind of guy who gets taught something and tries to use what I'm taught and apply it. So I've had that gift. As far as jumping from real estate or uh, not from real estate, but from the blue collar work to real estate, I was reading a lot of books. Back then you had to go to bookstores and buy books, you know, Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, I, really funny enough, my biggest inspiration was uh, my first info marketing course, which was Carlton Sheets No Money Down, where I learned a ton of investment techniques before I even knew what I was doing. So how how would you suggest somebody that's looking um, in to get into real estate, let's say? Let's just use that as an example. Because what what I have found is that people have this fear of investing in themselves or they don't even see that as investing in themselves. They really see it like, oh, a $2,000 course, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for me right now. And they just have this scarcity mentality. And, and we're always talking about on the show the importance of investing in yourself. Like, Can you kind of comment on that, on how that's been pivotal for you in your growth? I think that that's the reason for my evolution. Had I not invested in myself, then I wouldn't be sitting here today chatting with you over the internet. I'd be out there in the field somewhere sweating my butt off working for the man. So I think that you have to, if you want to change, if you truly want to live a boss-free life, then you have to make those investments in yourself. And they can start out small. Like I said, I started with books and then I went to info courses and products. And this year, which is going to be, and this is not me saying it, it's my accountant telling me, is going to be my best year ever, is where I've invested some of the biggest dollars I have ever invested. And money that I thought I would never invest in stuff to the tune uh, of five figures this year in investments and coaching, mentoring, and all that kind of stuff. But here I am having an awesome year. And it's because you have to stretch yourself. You have to push. And not only that, you have to get access to other people who are ahead of you. And that costs money. That's right. So can you give us an example of just a huge setback that you have. So you invested in real estate, probably when the getting was good. And (laughs) you made a lot of money. You were talking about those $50,000 checks. You know, that was very common for you. What was the moment where you're like, holy crap, this is turning totally to the other side. And and how do you how do you keep your head in the game? And that's if you could just kind of take us there and talk to us about that, those types of setbacks. Sure, sure. And, um, for all the boss-free ballers out there or aspiring boss-free ballers, this is going to be your life. So <laughs> listen up. But yeah, it's always a roller coaster. It's up and down. And so like I said, I got into the flipping game after we were originally doing rentals and we were doing really good. We were always selling our properties really quickly. We had a, a pretty standard format that we did the properties and how quickly we sold them. It was about 30 days it would take us. And it started to happen where one of our perfect properties, just like every other one, didn't sell in its 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, 90 days. Oh, crap. Something's wrong. And that's when the market turned. So people weren't getting money. We had already hit the top. And uh, <laughs> it was a dark period in my life because at that point, we had everything on the line. We took all our, all our money, put it back into flipping properties. We had multiple properties, and they weren't selling. 
And before we knew it, I mean, we lost everything. We lost all our investment investment properties. We lost. I lost my own house. I lost two houses. Wow. My dad lost his place. And I went into a really dark period in my life for about two years where I, I hit that spot that I think we all hit. It's like, um, I, I mean, depends on how you grew up. But for me, <clears throat> it was like, okay, yeah. You weren't supposed to be doing this. You're not good enough. That's right. Why'd you even try to do this? What What were you thinking? And so I fell into that funk for two years, and I believed it. I was like, "What the hell was I thinking? Why did I? I need to go get a job. I need to just do what what my parents told me. Have something to fall back on." But the thing was that I was really unemployable, so there was no going back to a job. There was just none of that. I could not have a boss. I had to be the boss, and I knew that about myself, and so. I pushed through, rebuilt, and that's where I spent most of my time the last 10 years is rebuilding after that huge loss, rebuilding a real business with a foundation. Now, now you talked about pushing through. Can you explain some of the things that, um, that helped you push through? So, Because adverse, getting through adversity is the, was probably the hardest thing that, that we have to do. But if we can kind of gleam on other people and see what they've been able to overcome it kind of helps us move forward right yeah yeah so I, I listened to a show I believe it was Dr. Lope talking about mental toughness and one of my favorite things that he said was that mental toughness is a way of life and so if if you look around you'll find the people who have grit resilience mental toughness they're the ones that rise to the top so during that period of time if I were to go back I would have snapped out of it much quicker, but it was my first big major failure. But failure is a part of the game. Failure right. is going to happen. And what you need to do is take failure. Don't take it personally. Take it as data. Oh, so that's how I screwed up. Okay, let me not do that again. And now I know. And so I look at it these days as there's a couple things to it that I think would, would be very helpful. And first off, it's looking at it as just a lesson not taking it to heart because it's going to happen, not taking it personally. And the other thing is just doing work. And so I went into that funk and all I did was feel sorry for myself and I didn't do anything to get myself out of it. And I think that if you want to get out of something like that, then you need to be doing work and you need to say, all right, so this crapped out on me. How can I take the skills I have and keep building and keep moving forward? And so there's another thing, progress. Just look for small little bits of progress in what you're doing and that'll get you through those tough times. And now when I fail, I'm like, ha oh. Damn, all right, so I'm much closer now, whatever, right? It doesn't hurt me as much, but right. it, before, and especially for somebody who's just starting out, who comes in with a structured life and a boss telling them what to do, it's hard to think that, oh, I can get things wrong because we grow up thinking we need A's and B's in school. I was a D student. I, I mean, I had to take summer school to get out of high school, okay? So I, I'm no no special person. All I know is that no matter how much you screw up, you can come back from it if you want to and if you're willing to do the work. That's so what were, what were some of those, that first work that you did to get back on your feet as, as opposed from you know, transitioning out of the real estate business and into you know, what you're doing now? Well, I'm actually still in the real estate business and I think some of the, the major work I did there because preparing to leave my blue collar work, all I ever studied, like I told you, was investment techniques. So I didn't really know about business as a whole. And I think one of the big things that influenced me and is the reason why I'm doing the work I do today 
is podcasts. And it's weird to say that because, I mean, podcasts have been around for a while, but that's where I learned more about entrepreneur entrepreneurialism, those other pursuits, marketing, sales, positioning, all the bigger picture that goes into building a foundation of a business, which in the beginning I didn't do. In the beginning I didn't have that. All I knew was I knew how to make a deal and that was my only skill. And once deals fell apart, I didn't really know anything else. And I fell back into my construction where, all right, I'll save money by working on the deal. And that's Oh, I almost uh, <laughs> almost had an expletive there. But it's okay, though, by the way. If you need to do yeah. that for emphasis, we welcome the expletives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it didn't work, okay? And so I learned that. But podcasts open up my eyes to a bigger picture of being an entrepreneur, a bigger picture of business. And so I spent years building that foundation. I learned marketing by numbers. I learned sales. I learned follow-up. And I learned all this stuff which I, I transferred into my business. And when we talk about the four-hour work week, the fact is my rental real estate business right now is usually less than four hours a week, but people wouldn't believe them if I told them that. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> so here's the thing, and because this is a testament to the power of podcast, I totally agree. It's people, you guys have a choice in your car for those people that are still in a job to either to listen to top 40 and the same 20 songs that they play continuously on a loop, or you can take those 25 minutes, which is the average commute as you're going to work to pop in. And it gives you just enough time to listen to a podcast. And there's these ideas that kind of stack up one on top of the other. And really you're literally building this amazing education in real time of what's going on. And, and the whole, and these failures that you hear the way that has helped me kind of overcome this whole idea of failure is it's feedback. And I think feedback. that Jonathan was saying the same thing. He goes, it's data. Right. And it's, I would say that that has been probably the best transition for me is that if something like that happens and you're going to have so many setbacks, I call them setbacks or failures, whatever you guys want to call it, that's just a part of the game. And this is just such a great example of whether you're calling it data or feedback or whatever it is, you, you have to make the choice to not let it bring you down to the extent that you're just mired in the, oh, I feel so bad that this happened to me. So I, I just, I love it because you're going to be hearing the same types of, of great advice over and over and over again. And that's been probably the best um shift in thinking is it's just feedback and it's part of the game. So to that point, as we transition, so what's the best piece of advice, Jonathan, you've ever received? Best piece of advice, I think that would relate to the boss free society is, uh, well, I have a couple. I, you know what? I want to share. I want to share one from Marilyn, which I've shared before. It's one of my favorites. But I used to live in Maryland. I was I was doing electrical work over there, and I used to hang out in Baltimore. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Wire, but uh, there's some mean streets over there. And yep. when I watch The Wire, I'm like, oh, I hung out there. I'm pretty. Didn't I go to a barbecue at that house? <laughs> I'm sure I had a Heineken on that porch. I'm sure of that. No, wait. It wasn't Heineken. It was St. Pauli Girl we used to drink over there. But I used to hang out with this guy named Big Frank. And when the kids would act up, he would, he would get on them and be like, well, you're going to do something? Don't talk about it. Be about it. And I'd be like, yeah, I, I dig that. And they would just kind of back off because it was Big Frank being himself. But I've kind of transferred that into business and into life. Where I, I, I mean, if you're not making money, 
Don't talk about it. Be about it. Build a business. If you hate your boss, don't talk about it. Be about it. Fire your boss. Whatever it is that you have going on that you're not happy with, don't talk about it. Be about it. Love it. That's awesome. So to that point, then what is the ballsiest move you've ever made as an entrepreneur? Well, I keep trying to outdo myself these days. But I think the starting point of all of this was when I had my electrical job and I was at the top, like I said, with the van and I had everything going on and I didn't have any savings. I really didn't have anything other than that job and I quit. I I looked online. I found a real estate course starting that Monday. I quit like on a Wednesday, signed up for the real estate course and I was like, We'll find out. I could always get a job. I mean, that, I mean, that's not that's easy. I can get a job if it doesn't work out. But I need to go and try this, and I did, and somehow I made it by. And I think that taking that leap and not knowing what was on the other side of it was probably out of all the moves the biggest one. Because if not, I wouldn't be here right now talking about it. Sure. How did the podcast factory start? And you could talk a little bit more about what your role is there and and uh, what exactly where, where your passion is there. Sure. Thank you for allowing me to talk a little bit about that. And so we talked earlier and I just want to I feel like I need to say this, Patty, because you, you, you said something earlier that I really want to talk about before we jump into the podcast Absolutely. factory. And it's the, the fact of people saying, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. I think that in the world Definitely in America right now, there's a real lack of personal responsibility Mm. and things do not happen to you. You make choices, right or wrong, things happen. That's a choice you made. Live with it and move on. So if I could give a second piece of advice to you people listening out there, if you really want to take control of your life, take control of yourself, be accountable. Stuff doesn't happen to you. Whatever you make happen happens good or bad. So I wanted to touch back on that. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. And that's a passion point. I always say things don't things aren't happening to me. They're happening for me. Yeah. And yeah. that's just another way of saying it's a choice. Right. It's all a choice. If you are where you are at, if your friends suck, if your yeah. marriage sucks, if you're broke as a joke, there's all a choice. <laughs> it's right. true. I'm, I'm telling you, that's been so empowering. And it's it, it, because you're you're disassociating with all the the bullshit in your head. It's like, yes. OK, what at what point are you going to flip that script in your head and say, oh, well, this, this is my choice. You know what I mean? So yes. I love it. I'm I so on the same page with that and just as passionate because I think that that's the one thing that people complain about. Oh, it's this, the economy, the price. Mm. None of it, peeps. None of it. Right. <laughs> right. right. Okay. So I really needed to say that. No, so let's I love talk it. a little bit. You asked me earlier, Tim, I think it was you that asked me about mentors and mentorship and that kind of thing. And what it has been in my life, it has always been easy for me to find mentors. And mentors seem to like me because I take what they share with me, I use it, and I come back and show them, hey, look look what I did, or look how you have helped me. And so that empowers my mentors. And one of the things that I realized was uh, that I had these great mentors around me, and I wanted to find a way to work with them, to do other things with them. And we talked about my real estate business. Darren Persinger is one of my biggest mentors in real estate. Gave me a fat kick in the butt when I was fooling around on social media. And he's like, dude, pay attention to your rentals. That's where the money's at. He was right. And I got my rental business straightened out and got all that going. And then here we are 
we're doing the Making Agents Rich show. I had another mentor, which Darren introduced me to, Ben Settle, who is known as one of the top email copywriters in the world. The guy taught me so much about sales, about positioning. When I wasn't making any money online, I downloaded his little $97 uh, newsletter, and I made $1,100 in a couple days, and I was hooked on him. Wow. And ever since then, I have been hooked on this guy. So he came around one day, said he wanted to do a podcast. I said, dude, I can help you with that. Let's do it. And we did the Antipreneur Show. We're up yeah. to 80, 90 shows right now. He's Same funny, thing. you guys. He's so good, though. It, it, you know um, him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually, <laughs> I listened to his show because oh, the okay. copywriting, yeah, the copywriting um, chops that he gives are so good. And I just love his positioning. He's like, yeah. he goes, everyone should be thanking me for this, for all my brilliance. You're so I mean, lucky. Just, <laughs> you're so lucky to be listening to my show. And I'm like, That's I can't right. stop listening to this guy's show. He's hysterical. So, That's yeah, it, it's a great show guys if you're interested in copywriting which is i would say such an essential skill to have absolutely yeah absolutely so ben wanted to do a show i jumped on board and we're up to 70 80 shows now um then i got help uh, for uh direct mail with my friend doberman dan who helped me rethink how i was doing some things in my real estate business one tip from him on how to do some things by direct mail when I was trying to door knock and bang, 55 G's in renewals and a new program in my business to just be like, all right, this all needs to be done by direct mail. So these guys are all my mentors and these are the guys that you'll find on the podcast factory. They're guys that I have worked with who have helped me a ton and who I selfishly want to hang out with a little bit more. So I get, yeah, let's do a show together. Yeah, I'm on that. And not only that, but I want to help them get their word out there. But the same way that podcasts help me to understand business at a higher level, I want to help our listeners, everybody listening to Boss Free Society, everybody out there listening to podcasts, I want to help them elevate their game so they could live a life of freedom. It's awesome. That's awesome. So then, so tell us about what you envision for the future of what you're doing with the podcast factory. Sure. So to me right now, my first uh, benchmark is 10 of these shows. And nowadays, like I just realized how many shows I'm working on and it shocked me. But my my bigger vision is, like I said, to and that's why I was so happy that you guys invited me on the show and that I was able to come on here because I want to help more people quit their jobs. I want people to live that life of freedom. And so my bigger vision is giving them the tools through, like you said, copywriting with Ben Settle, through direct mail with uh, Doberman Dan or direct marketing. through. And I've been in real estate, so helping real estate agents with Darren Persinger. I'm just trying to put out the absolute top quality information I can out there, proven things that have worked in my life, giving them to the people listening so that they can have all of this, so they can improve their lives and so that they can have this life like we have, where we're in control. That's right. Now, when you, when you say you're working on these shows, what exactly is your role uh, with each of those shows? So if you, you since Patty's listened to, uh, <laughs> to Ben Seto, you've probably heard me yeah. on there. So I, I'm the executive producer of the show, and I'm, I'm there for, like we talked about Howard Stern. So I guess I would be uh, the Robin yes. to, <laughs> to Ben's <laughs> Howard. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He so, calls you out all the time. He's like, he's like, I'm going to tell you something, Jonathan. And yeah. then, like, he, Jonathan's <laughs> like, yeah, that's right, or whatever. <laughs> it's so funny. You guys, honestly, it's a great show. It, yeah, he's a smart guy. And so 
I'm the executive producer. Those shows that if you go to the podcastfactory.com, what you'll see is the shows in which I'm an executive producer for. I get together with the people. I fund the show. I put the whole thing together because the podcast factory is actually my team behind the scenes taking words and turning them into a package show. Mm -hmm. And then we go back and promote them. So I'm the executive producer. I get new shows going and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I'm like a co-pilot talking or bouncing ideas off of or a a sounding board, if you will. And then, I mean, I have other shows behind the scenes like the white label where people are just using my factory to produce their own shows. And I just make sure that the people that I'm working with, we have similar values, we have similar goals, and we're all in the same page of doing work helping people live a better life and being free. Love it. Love awesome. it. High, high value. We're all about that here as well. So that's awesome that, that um, people can find that over at the podcast factory and all the awesome shows. So we'll definitely put that in the show notes. And as we're transitioning out, Jonathan, um, if you could go back to your 18 year old self and give yourself advice, what would you say? I think one of the most important things that anybody can learn Anybody, anybody in business, anybody in life really is, and it's funny because we're on a podcast, so you should be pretty good at this, is learning to listen. It's not about you. Learn to listen to the people who you are talking to. Don't just wait for your chance to talk. Actually listen to them, understand what they are looking for, and understand how you can help them by first listening. And if you do that, I think you'll be better off. Like for me, listening has made me a better salesperson, has made me a better marketer, has made me a better husband. And so I can give my 18-year-old, I used to love to talk, you know? And so if I could, just shut up, shut up. That's the advice I would give myself. That's a good one. <laughs> what the focus is for this year for you or, or, or your business? Before the main we... thing I'm looking at right now is I have a couple things that I'm working on. Like I told you, I've invested in mentorship and all that stuff. And so one of the things I'm looking at is to build the white label podcast factory business to 15 clients just for this year because I just started this a couple months ago. And the overall goal is to get six shows on the air. So I have three on the air right now. I have two in production where we have multiple stages of production and I'd like to get at least one more to say I have six shows that are on the air on my network I'm executive producer for and then 15 shows behind the scenes which we're doing the work for there's a big future in podcasting it's it's continuing to grow which we love because there's so much great content um and podcasting so tell us um tell us what it's really like to to live that four hour work week I have rescue time installed on my computer and I actually work like 35 hours or 36 (laughs) hours. Uh, Now, the the real estate business is really just systems, processes, people. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, it, it seriously is less than four hours. It's rare that I work that four hours. But it took years and years of me figuring out, okay, what are the pieces that I need to put in place? What are the people that I need to make it happen? What are the processes I need? And it's it's actually very, very rewarding to see this. I think of it as a machine because I'm like a mechanic. You know, the electrician in me is still there, just deep, deep back in there. But I look at it as a machine and it just, to me, I love the machine producing for me. It produces what I want, profit and freedom, right? So it does that for me almost seemingly on autopilot. And I feel like a proud dad. 
I'm just like, oh man, you know, look, look at my baby growing up, you know. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, I do spend way, way, way more hours on the podcast factory. But anything that you do when you're starting up, you got to do the work to get it off the ground. And I have teams in place, and I have systems in place where it's working me out of the business. But I have to build it first, or else it won't work. All right, Jonathan. This I can't believe it's already been uh, over thirty minutes. We want to get uh, you the last question that we love to ask our boss free ballers. Um, what sage advice can you offer our listeners? Something that they can do in the next twenty four forty eight hours that will help move their business forward. So I want to share something that I've got from my friend and mentor and business partner. Darren Persinger. And I think it's great to do a lot of self-improvement. We talked about that. I think it's it's good to invest in yourself and and all of that is great. But I want you to know about something we call the 72 hours rule. And the 72 hours rule is very very simple. Whatever you learn whether you're at a conference or listening to a podcast or reading a book, whatever you take notes about, if you don't apply it in your business within 72 hours, then throw it out because it's likely never going to be used. So my advice to you is do the work, apply what you learn, and do it within 72 hours so that you get into a habit of consistent action. Ooh, that's a good one. Love it. Love oh, my it. God. That's awesome. Yeah, because how many times do we go to conferences or whatever and people are taking copious notes and it just kind of falls by the wayside? That's yeah. awesome. I love that. That's a good tip. So guys, in 72 hours, apply what you're learning because then it's it's taking that action, making it happen, you know, putting it into motion. That's a right. good one. So Jonathan, thank you so much for being on our show. This has been so cool. I mean, I, I, I've heard you on the Ben Settle show. So it's cool to have you on our show and hear about um, all the success that you've had. But people, it's really important that you understand the 10 years that it took to get there, right? Yeah. People only see the glory. They don't hear, uh, they don't understand the story. So this is just a perfect example of the story in effect. So hopefully you guys can take some key takeaways from this awesome interview with Jonathan. And Jonathan, we're going to have all of your links that are pertinent um, that we talked about today. And thank you so much for being on our show. It's been it's been awesome. Everybody remember to fire your boss. That's it. Fire your <laughs> Fire boss hole and then contact Jonathan. <laughs> That's right. Thank you All for right, having guys. me on the show. Thank Tons you. of fun. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free-minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook. <laughs>